0: Right then, welcome to Be Positive on men's and women's radio stations. Be Positive, if you haven't listened before, it's the show where I chat to people from all walks of life about positivity and motivation. We get to hear their stories and more importantly, we get them to reveal ideas about positivity and motivation that you and I can use and benefit from. Along the way, I'm trying out different ideas and reporting back with the results. Now, in the last episode, we spoke to Karen Maloney about motivation and positivity from a much more spiritual point of view. And we continue and expand on the spiritual aspect in this episode with my first guest today. Now, As I can testify, being given a diagnosis of cancer comes as quite a shock. So to hear it a second time must be incredibly frightening. But that's exactly what happened to Gemma Lonsdale, who joins me now. Welcome to the show, Gemma.
1: Hi. Hi, Paul.
0: So tell me, how did this come about?
1: Um so I'd had my I'd had my first diagnosis in 2018 at the end of 2018 and I obviously went through surgery treatment and everything else and I you know I was so sure that I was fine and I was going for a routine mammogram and I was I, I couldn't believe it whenever they actually told me that there was a few things on there that they were concerned about um so I, I almost you know didn't go for my mammogram and that would have been really foolish because I was just feeling so confident. I actually had said to the woman, you know, oh, I don't even need to be here. I know I'm fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was a massive, a massive shock.
0: And so was it the same type of cancer in the same place? Yeah,
1: it was. It was um, so I had cancer in my left breast um, and it was a recurrence of the cancer. So it was in the same place as it was before and it was the exact same type of cancer. So they've treated it as a recurrence. But in addition to that, there was another couple of areas of cancer had appeared as well. Um, but they have treated it as a, as a recurrence.
0: And how long did the therapy for that take?
1: Um, So what I've had done on this instance is um, I had a mastectomy, which completely removed the suspecting tissue and every bit of tissue really that they could get their hands on and my breast is now gone, which should really minimise my my risk of recurrence. I think my risk of recurrence is now like 95% reduced or something like that. So the only only thing that I need to worry about now, well, the main worry is now if it has traveled, if there's any stress cells that have traveled elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did discuss chemotherapy with the oncologist, actually just last week. And I just feel like, because I know the cancer is completely gone now, I know that obviously chemotherapy from a medical point of view reduces the risk of it coming back again or traveling to anywhere else. But I just didn't feel that it was enough of a risk reduction to justify putting myself yeah. through that. So what we're looking at at the minute is daily medication that I have to take for the next 10 years. And they're also looking at um suppressing my ovaries. Like I'm 37 so I'm not at the peak of my fertility, but I wouldn't want to rule out having more kids. Right. Um, but the, the cancer that I had was receptive to hormones. So of course the natural thought process is to get me, you know, get me suppressed
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> and get my ovaries shut down, you know, temporarily to try and reduce obviously the, you know, the recurrence or anything like that that might come back in that breast or the other breast.
0: But you've used your Trauma, for want of a better word, mm-hmm. to uh, change your life. Yes. And career, by the sounds of things.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I am um, my, you know, I, I've always been a very positive person, but my, my life has been in the corporate world. Like I was a recruiter and a headhunter and I used to do a lot of coaching as part of my career there. I had my own recruitment firm for a few years. Um, so my my career was quite different. And whenever I had cancer, um, it sort of sent me into this spiritual awakening. And I just realized how unhappy I was with my life. And it made me, it definitely made me realize what was important. And that then led to a complete change of career for me as well to move into life coaching.
0: So when you say... um when you got a cancer diagnosis it made you more spiritual what i mm-hmm. mean that's a very broad
1: yeah spirit,
0: spiritual covers yeah. an awful lot of things what did that mean to you
1: so it 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 made me rethink the life that i was living that was like the initial part of it you know i went into this period you know I, I, like it's called the dark night of the soul and um where i was just questioning everything you know and reflecting back on my life of every, all of the choices that I had made and why I had made them and why I was in the position that I was in, why my, you know, relationships and things like that, why they hadn't worked out. And I started to really experience all of these um, just crazy coincidences and things like that, that were making me realise that there was something bigger in the universe. And I have always hoped that although I've I've always been a sceptic, but I have always um definitely hoped that there was more at play and you know that the universe really does conspire to help you and this, that, and the other. But that was the first time that I really had experienced it happening for me, mm-hmm. and almost experiencing the power of spirit, if that if that makes sense. Um and I, I had always been sceptical even of like the afterlife and things like that. And again, I had hoped that there was something there, but I was never a hundred percent convinced. And I had actually started to go to a spiritualist church um, and started to actually develop my uh my psychic and clairvoyant abilities. So I guess I've started to give you like quite a broad, a broad answer to your question, but it, it is quite, it's quite difficult to, to answer. I think the crux of it is I, I obviously I had the spiritual awakening and I have developed a much stronger connection to the universe and spirit. But spirituality, I guess, to me is about being true to yourself and being able to help other people and being aware of the fact that we are here to learn and to progress and develop and to help others, that, that is really the, the basis for being here and to, to be able to experience things, but to be able to experience the right things. Um, you know, I was very focused on materialistic stuff before, whereas I much enjoy, like, the simple pleasures in life now and the things that probably didn't really have a lot of importance to me before.
0: So I'm intrigued you experienced the power of spirit. How? Yeah. How did that manifest itself? Did you wake up and suddenly think differently? Or was it a physical action?
1: I think it was like a gradual thing. And it was like the universe was sending me signs. um, And there was just so many coincidences, which, you know, I now say that there is no such thing as a coincidence, um, <laughs> but I was I was experiencing so many things, and I had obviously a really bumpy period in my life, and because um, I just before I had had my cancer diagnosis, the week before I separated from my husband as well, so I had it all going on at the same time. Um, but it was just a period where things were really falling into place, and I, it was just so many things that were happening that were just so lucky, and things were coming around at the right time for me and it was just making me think oh this is really weird like this is uh, this is really really weird um and it was a, it was a very very gradual process um it wasn't just that i woke up one day and thought oh you know you know i've i've just realized that i'm connected to the universe it mm-hmm. was gradual and it just built up over a period of time um like i was told seven uh, seven and a half years ago, seven years ago, that I was clairvoyant. I had went to a clairvoyant for a reading and she had told me that I was a clairvoyant and I had never tapped into it. And I just thought to myself, she doesn't even know what she's talking about. I thought <laughs> if, I was, if I was a clairvoyant and I was seeing dead people, like I would know. Um, and I I guess I, I don't even know really now how I ended up coming to develop Um but I went to the spiritualist church. I was definitely guided there. And I I just ended up I I guess just over time um, and dedication, just opening up bit by bit by bit. And now I, you know, I, I work as a clairvoyant, you know.
0: So I'm really intrigued. How literal is your clairvoyancy? Do you literally hear, see? Speak to people who've passed over. Is yeah. that the right term? Yeah, that, that is
1: really that is the right term. So I'm classed as a clairvoyant medium. So I have like um class is a medium because you're coming up, you're raising your vibration and spirit are then lowering their vibration and you meet them in the middle, so that's why you're you're called a medium, but it enables you to then communicate with those that have crossed over um, and they're able to give you then evidence to pass to the person, maybe who you're you know you're speaking to, who you're sitting in front of. Of um that would provide evidence of the fact that you're connected to that specific person. Right. Um, so the clairvoyance element means that I get to see spirit, but it's not only just seeing them, I also see um symbolism. They give me symbolism to work with, which I use whenever I'm interpreting stuff, but I also hear spirits, so I'll get messages um and I'll hear words or phrases sometimes full sentences. Um as well. And then I'll also feel things like I'll be able to feel someone's energy um, or feel the mood. And sometimes I can feel pain as well. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I just know things without actually knowing where it has come from. But I just know it. But I'll I'll be using all of my clairs together at the one time. Usually it's not just that I'll only use clairvoyance or I'll only use my hearing. I'm using them all together, which then come together for to enable me to provide a reading or some information to someone.
0: Right? Did you say clairs? Yes. Because right, there's a term I have never heard before. Uh, so, okay, Claire voyancy is just one <clears throat> Claire, is it? Yes,
1: clairvoyance right. is one Claire. So it's the gift of sight. But then you have clear audience, which is clear hearing. Right. And then you have clear cognizance, which is like clear knowing. Right. Um. And so there's a lot of, like, I don't actually know exactly how many different clairs there is, but, like, people have, like, the power of being able to taste things, and um, I don't have that, but I have, like, the, the hearing and my sight tend to be the main ones that I use. And
0: you're a clairvoyant life coach. Yes. So people are coming to you with the sort of I'm guessing with the normal challenges that you'd go to life coaches for but you're using clairvoyancy now are you using somebody from their life or from your own
1: no it's usually my own spirit guide that I work with that gives me the information in most cases it's coming from my own spirit guide um rather than I do have the ability to tap in and connect to somebody on their side but it's usually coming from my spirit guide rather than than their own
0: and And I don't mean this to sound rude, but how does your spirit guide help Mrs. Smith down the road?
1: Because they'll have that information, whether they've got it from Mrs. Smith or they've got it from Mrs. Smith's spirit guide. Right. That's that's a really interesting thing about um, spirits. Like the energy can be everywhere at once. Mm -hmm. So just because... I don't know. My spirit guide is with me. Doesn't mean they can't be elsewhere as well. Yeah. Um. And so it's, it's fascinating how it works. But it takes a long time. Like it took me a long time to really build that trust to be able to to work in that respect.
0: And how much do you know about your spirit guide? Do you have you found out where they were when they were here with us?
1: Um. I didn't. I didn't ask like the specific questions about where he was when he killed himself and things like that but he has been able to tell me different things about his life and he actually had directed me to an Instagram account because he was really keen to verify to me who he was so I could mm. build up trust with him and he had actually directed me to a social media account um, that contains some of the information that he had given me in terms of like he had given me the, the name um, of like he had two daughters um, so he'd actually given me the names, but I hadn't realised at the time what the names connected to. Mm. Um, so I've been able to piece a lot of the puzzle together, which has been like fascinating.
0: It's, it's absolutely fascinating. I mean, I in my head, you know, spiritualism. I'm thinking Conan Doyle and his foray uh, in, into spiritualism <laughs> had no idea of thinking that you know, clairvoyancy would lead to social media. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, sort of that has sort of blown my mind a little bit thinking on terms of positivity and motivation and helping people in everyday life mm-hmm. people have a number of reasons but usually they're very similar to go to a life coach how does you you being a clairvoyant life coach differ
1: And um, well I suppose that the life coaching that i that I provide is got a very spiritual basis to it um, but the benefits I guess that my clairvoyance add to that is that it really helps people uncover the challenges that they don't know that they have like a lot of people they want to move forward but they feel stuck but they don't quite know exactly why they feel stuck. so it makes it easier to unpick that mm-hmm. um, but also it really helps me to help them moving forward as well because they can't lie to me you know if there's something that they need to be doing that they're not doing and there's maybe I don't know there could be like a reason around their confidence and they don't want to tell me that like spirit will tell me that so I'll be able to get to the crux of the the issue a lot easier and also so I I specifically work with people who have sort of had like a bit of a trauma or a challenge in time and who are wanting to find a more fulfilling path in life so mm-hmm. somebody a bit like myself where you know I, I, I wasn't I realized I wasn't feeling that fulfilled and I, I, I needed to change some things um, but I, I can tap into things like what their life path should be um, so there's a thing called like the book of life or the Akashic records I don't know if you've heard of that before
0: it rings a bell yes
1: okay so w- the idea is that we have all signed a life contract whenever we have incarnated here and that includes certain things like our life path and certain lessons and things like that that we have come here to learn on this lifetime and being a clairvoyant medium i'm able to to tap into that and actually gain access to find information that would benefit the person that I'm coaching in terms of finding out what their life path should be um and where their their strengths and weaknesses lie and what their destiny I guess is supposed to be while they're here
0: so we we often talk about there's two reasons for everything and you usually tell somebody one reason and it's completely different reasons that they're having their issue or challenge or the thing they're trying to overcome and your spirit guide is able to say no it's not that it's that
1: yeah like it gets stuff that you know sometimes i of get stuff that's uh, linked to like, uh, like get a lot of like childhood trauma stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot. Sometimes people get stuck in habits, and they just can't work out why they're in that habit, and why they can't break free, why they can't change, why they can't. You know, there's, yeah. there's often a lot of whys. Um, but in a lot of cases, it can actually be linked to childhood trauma. But the person isn't able to maybe trace that back. But I'm often shown like a visual, or I'll maybe just be given a few words. That can help that person piece it all together.
0: Amazing. And do 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 people who um, use your skills become clairvoyant themselves in any way?
1: There are some people who are kind of on that path already that I have worked with, and and um, there's one lady actually that I work with, and she has just started to go to a spiritualist church herself and join a development circle because she has felt her whole life that she's been very, very intuitive, but she didn't realize that she had any abilities, but I was told that she is a clairvoyant Mm -hmm. and that she just needs to develop that. So that's what she's really started to embrace at the moment. So yes, it, it is it is possible that you know that some of them will go on too and some of them already have like gifts of their own that they use. Um, but yeah, they, they can often go on. I think because everybody works with their gifts in a different way, because really we are all psychic, we all have some level of ability within us. It's just whether we embrace it or not. Um, but even if if we do embrace it we don't always find it easy to get that information for ourselves so you might find a clairvoyant medium who you know does you know 20 readings a week for people um but then she goes to somebody else to do a reading for her mm-hmm. and that's very very common
0: and have you ever had people come to you that are complete skeptics yeah and and what happens in that scenario
1: um i th- so my, my experience has shown me that if somebody is a complete closed book and they are come and saying, I'm a complete non-believer, but I want you to prove it to me, then right. there's typically nothing that I can do to prove it to them because they're not in the right space to accept any information coming. Yeah. and It would need to be so specific that it just isn't going to work. If somebody's sceptical, that's different. And I think... Having scepticism about something is a really healthy thing to have. And I think we should always continue to question stuff. Like I I was a sceptic myself, but I think being being a sceptic and just being open to the idea of something else is really good. And then it's up to me to prove then to that person and to give them enough evidence that helps them start to embrace the idea that there is something else. Um, I think if somebody was too sceptical, then my life coaching and my style might not be right for them mm-hmm. Um, because I think that they would struggle potentially too much to buy into it.
0: Yeah, I, yeah they're looking for a magic yeah. trick otherwise, aren't they? Yeah,
1: exactly, because people just become too sceptical and then if they're not buying into the information that I am giving them and the guidance that I am giving them, then it becomes a wasted exercise them investing in themselves
0: yeah as a as a clairvoyant life coach how have you coped with not being able to sit in front of people for a year um
1: actually i've I've been okay with that right Um, you know we've got obviously technology so it's a wonderful thing and i all i already was doing quite a lot online anyway like i don't just deal with local people like i've got a client in cincinnati um do you know what i mean so i've got people all over the world that that i work with
0: so it's clairvoyancy Um, via zoom
1: yes clairvoyancy via zoom so I I don't even need to speak to the person like I have done just individual readings before where all I've had is a first name and I've been able to to give them a reading from that um by sending them a message or over the phone. So again, energy doesn't need to you know you don't need to have the person in front of you for the energy to work.
0: And where does um I mean a reading. Mhm. Um. What does a reading entail? How's that different to sort of coaching?
1: So the coaching the coaching is much more in-depth and it's about helping the person move forward, mm-hmm. whereas a reading is, it might be like a 30-minute session where I'm just simply passing information from spirit across to that person. Right. Um, so it's not based on any kind of coaching program or goals or anything like that. It's just literally, you know, it might be me giving them some instances um, that's spirit of like, passed me to confirm that I'm connected to that person. So maybe some things from like a few days ago, like I had somebody, Um, I was, I, I was just I, I I was told to slap the person's wrist <laughs> and I, I was told bacon. That's the only information that I got. And as soon as I said that they'd started laughing, um because they had sat the day before and actually had a whole pack of bacon. They just sat with a whole pack of bacon on a loaf of bread um, and they were just really greedy. So it was um, it was quite funny. So it's little things like that that really resonate with the person. So <laughs> um it just gives them confirmation that I'm connected to them and yeah. then from there I can connect obviously to loved ones if anyone comes forward and do the same again. But then I can also give them some guidance on other things that are coming up in their life or maybe some situations that are around them at present.
0: Right, so reading is you're just you're giving them an overview of everything, whereas with the life yes. coaching, they're coming to you with specifics.
1: <clears throat> yeah. So basically, with, with the reading, I have no control of what information comes through. Yeah. It's just basically whatever spirit have decided that that person needs to hear. Or it might be if that person has had questions in their mind before they've come for the reading, Um, the spirit might be trying to answer the questions that they've had. But the coaching is much more involved and it's 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 not it's not led by clairvoyance, but my clairvoyance is a skill that I use to help me with the coaching sessions. But it's much more bespoke and, you know, getting to know the person and it's much more about them talking rather than me talking. Whereas in a reading, it's really me talking. They don't even need to say a word
0: and how? I mean, right at the beginning, you were saying how you you'd been through your trauma in your uh-huh. life, and then you experienced the power of spirit. Did all of the skills of being a clairvoyant just come to you, or did you specifically have to be taught them um, by others?
1: Um, that's a good question. So, I think the first thing is you have to make a conscious decision that you want to develop. And then once you've done that, then spirit will decide whether they're going to work with you or not. Um, and then being in the right energy, not, not necessarily being taught by people, but definitely being around other people who are clairvoyant and who also work for spirit. That's the term that we would use. Um, and trying different skills and flexing your muscle. It's like anything. You just need to be practicing. And the more you practice, the better you'll get. Um, they might tweak Little ways of um maybe you know there's information that isn't coming through to you properly so they'll tweak it a little bit and they'll send it through a different way um so it's very much about practicing but not so much about being taught but right. it is definitely by practicing and trying different things
0: so you're almost being taught by the spirit guide as yeah, opposed to somebody you else you are
1: yes <laughs> very much so you're you're very much so being taught by spirit and not by someone else and every every medium works differently as well i've never spoken to somebody who works the same as me um i I do find that everybody seems to have their own way of working but that is whatever you negotiate with spirit yourself
0: and are there things you have to do to hone your skills to keep yourself tip top
1: um definitely practicing but there are days when I have an off day you know if my energy isn't quite right then I don't have the same connection and I maybe don't feel as connected things like meditating definitely help build that connection and it gives spirit an opportunity as well to do little tweaks and things like that if they need to um but also things like keeping a a good diet like if I've had a, a couple of days where I've being to Pizza Hut and McDonald's and everything else then it does have a detrimental effect whereas if I'm drinking my herbal teas and you know have having a vegetarian um salad for my dinner then you know and drinking plenty of water it it helps the connection as well and then just your general mood you know if you're if you're in a really good mood you know you're likely to have a better connection than when you're you know feeling a little bit low or depressed or emotional
0: so if you are feeling a bit low, um, low on energy and low mentally, how do you turn yourself around? Can your spirit guide help you?
1: If they can give me advice. If I'm connected to them, they can definitely give me advice on what would be best for me to do. But in general, like... I, I- I'm not, I'm not perfect. I do have down days like Mm -hmm. anybody, you know, I'm human, but, um, I try to do things that will improve that. I know will improve my mood, like having the right type of music on moving my body, Like, and then shifting all of that, like dodgy energy. It's one of the things that I actually always say to people in my life coaching as well, whenever they're feeling that they're having a down day, you know, put some music on, have a (laughs) dance in the kitchen. It doesn't matter, you know, nobody's watching. It doesn't matter how badly you dance, but it can definitely completely change your, you know, your mood. And a lot of it is about mindset as well. But then there are some days where you are just having a bad day and maybe the energy isn't going to come and it's just about having a good night's sleep and then you know starting afresh the the next day
0: mm. yeah we often talk about the physiology affecting your psychology and dancing yeah. is a is a great way to lift yourself up i'm curious if you if you um have a holiday for example mm-hmm. you've been away for a week and you haven't been in touch with your spirit guide to, to the, is there like an influx of information they've suddenly got? It's like, oh, thank goodness you're back! I've got so uh, much to tell you, type it's, thing.
1: Um, it's sort of funny because, like, even if you go on holiday, they kind of come with you. <laughs> so even if so, I'm yeah. not, even if I'm not working with like other people, they'll still be working with me, and I'll still be able to have a like. I'm very, very lucky that I can actually have a conversation with my spirit guides because not everybody has that ability. So they're always there for me, even if they're not. Helping me do stuff for other people. So I don't really get the influx of information because I'm just constantly getting that little flow of stuff for me.
0: Yeah. It's a fascinating subject. And to, <laughs> to combine it with life coaching is, um, is something I, I've never come across before. You've got a podcast. Um, I how do. do we hear that?
1: So it's on Spotify and Apple and pretty much all of the main, like the main podcast um, Uh solutions. Um, But it's The Happy Psychic. Right. That's my podcast.
0: And how do we find out more about you, Gemma?
1: So I've got a website, which is guidinglight.guru. And I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. And it's Gemma Lonsdale Guru for both of those.
0: Thank you once again, Gemma, and good luck in everything you do.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: If you're a fan of Line of Duty or other gritty crime dramas, my next guest will be right up your street. But I hear you cry. What has that got to do with mental health? Well, here to tell us is Rahel Pappas, who's just released a new book called Therapy in Crime. Welcome, Rahel.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on the show.
0: (laughs) And I'm excited to have you because this book sounds so innovative. How on earth does crime have anything to do with what's going on in my head?
2: That is an absolute great question because um, people ask me all the time as that I'm a therapist and people ask me so what do you actually do in therapy? And then I always reply, well, you know, um, it's like looking for a dead body, and that's why a dead body has more uh, to do with a crime scene and so as our problems and. Imagine you have sleeping disorders and that is your dead body because you actually don't know where it comes from. So there, um, the crimey part comes into to look for the crime scene, why you're actually having sleeping disorders, but not knowing why.
0: (laughs) Right. So who is investigating the crime? Yourself or your therapist or both of you?
2: Actually, both of us, right? Because when you come to a therapy, then your therapist is just the, let me say, the storyteller or the story guide, but the the person itself has to go through their own history and through the whole um, story by themselves. So that's why I created this book of wanting to give people a self-help book where they can actually investigate by themselves if they're not keen on going to see a therapist.
0: So the book itself, is is it like a, a self-help book or is it um, a combination of um, fiction? I want to get my head around it because there's a lot in this book, isn't there?
2: Exactly. So the let me give you a summarize of the book. So there, there are actually three characters and you need to fill it out by yourself. So um, it's actually investigating of... How is your life? How does it look like? What are your topics? What are your feelings? How is your self-esteem? So there is kind of like a lot of flesh on the bone to, to go and look at your own life and maybe even see, okay, where from a scale from one to 10 life could be better at the moment. And then you go into another um, personality. So one is going to be the inspector, which is your neutral self. Of um, who you are right now in the present moment and want to be investigating on a kind of neutral basis and then you will meet the victim that is your other self so you kind of three personalities in the book um, that is you know your your inner voice um, who believes that you're not good enough that nobody loves you that you're not worthy and then inspector and victim meets, and you will have to ask like, okay, what has been going on there? Where is this coming from? And it's about finding hints in the book of why you're thinking about yourself, how you're how you're sabotaging yourself. And then there's a gangster also um, in your mind that gives that is kind of like the mean voice that gives you this um, this this mean kind of. Um, being of or, or, or feeling of you're not worthy and that that is your true self and that's why so every time you have a dead body you need an investigator and somebody was the murderer and in the whole book it's a combination of trying to find this crime scene of what happened which kind of is in real life goes back to regression therapy to trauma to you know we all remember all of these um, situations that made us feel bad of having a bad day at school being bullied because of different reasons if it was this was a comment by the teacher or by maybe another colleague or maybe it was um, because of not having a good test or maybe failing at a presentation so that is kind of like you know, something that happened in the past that we cannot change, of course, but by finding out or doing this book, by going through this book, you can actually get back to these situations and then it's your own kind of therapy with the book um, of journaling, but then also kind of like a little bit with games and with different audios, um, and which go into hypnotherapy that you can actually find your source and neutralize your source. Um, with having hypnotherapies in the book itself, does that give you a good summarise of it?
0: it? Yeah, like I say, it's it's packed. See, it's mm-hmm. interactive for a start. It's not just a case of sitting down and reading a book. You're exactly. filling things in, yeah. And above all, I think it sounds fun.
2: It is amazing. I mean, we we uh, me and my friend we try to. Um, get interactive in it. I mean, it has a dead serious part, of course, and actually the whole book is like a therapy session. It's built up like a therapy session to to collect the symptoms, then go in dig, to dig deep into the trauma, then go in there and see, okay, what happened there? How would I be if this knot would be? And then how can I transform it for my for my life today. So that's why we did like a whole interaction with games, with audios, with journaling. So, you know, you have different people who interact with different kind of exercises. And that was the whole goal of the book of creating a a super fun um, intention to it.
0: And I'm intrigued, how did it come about? How did the idea come about?
2: Yeah, how did it come about? That's like a great question. So I mean, my first idea was to just have, you know, a beautiful, nice layouted um, therapy book. And then I was like, okay, well, there are so many, but how is it going to be different to the others? And then my friend who was the designer, um, she was like, you know, I really like when you say, how does therapy work with you? And I say it's like looking for your dead body in your cellar that you're not aware of. So you used the was... analogy
0: before in your exactly. real work. Okay, great. Exactly,
2: and that was the whole story of it. And then we were like, okay, we need to we need to do a therapy in crime. It's because you can actually, and it, how the layout really um, corresponded was that. I really, I really sat down and I took all of these words, you know, gun and murder and victim and dead body and and all of these words that we, I looked at a, a few uh, movies that, that are crime scenes and like CSI Miami and all of this. And I actually took it and, and transformed it into the words of therapy. And then I realized this has, this has so much more in common. It's actually cool to write a book in in this um, section of, of wording.
0: And do you find, I mean, you tested this out, obviously. The fact that it's fun And interactive Mm -hmm. rather than just sitting down reading a book. Does that make people more engaged straight away?
2: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I'm a person who procrastinates as hell and... (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I know how I work by myself and um, I was like, okay, we need to keep the people going and that's actually the the goal and you want to start the book because you know you will have an output with it and you worked on yourself and have a goal in the book to solve your own crime.
0: It's yeah, it's amazing and there's quizzes in the book as well.
2: Yes, I mean we have, you know, when I when I just was randomly in a in a bookstore, I was looking at these different games and and books and then I started okay, what what would be fun to actually fill out during a book and then I picked out, you know, crosswords, habit trackers, uh, a mandala where you can where you can color your own your own desire. Um, and so we can, and then there's also a quiz with yes and no answers. So we did, um, yeah, a little bit of of a cross between games and and serious therapy. <laughs> and
0: your background, your background's from a serious therapy point of view.
2: Exactly. So I mean, I started uh, by by doing a uh, commercial apprenticeship, which was 15 years ago. And I always wanted to study um, psychology, but I knew I was too lazy. So I knew I would have to go a different path. <laughs> and um, yeah, with 22, I had sleeping sleeping disorders. And then my cousin told me, okay, you need, to, you need to see a kinesiologist without knowing what this actually is. And I found my today's mentor and she was working with hypnotherapy and kinesiology. Kinesiology is a, a muscle testing method and kind of like deeper work to the subconscious mind. And so that's why I got into this and I thought, oh my God, this is so amazing of what you can do with hypnotherapy, what kind of triggers you have, what belief systems are in yourself and how you can work with hypnotherapy in one or two sessions to actually solve the deep trigger at the root of the cause. And so that motivated me to um, become a therapist by myself. So I started my whole education um, 10 years ago. And since about four years, I have been self-employed and I figured, okay, I want to be a therapist, but I also want to have an impact um, for people on a different or on different levels. And that's why now I am a speaker. I I wrote the book and I still have my practice. I have podcasts. So that's how my way kind of evolved to different um Mediums to use therapy on a daily basis.
0: I'm sure a lot of people have heard of hypnotherapists, but kinesiologists possibly not. So explain to us a bit more what's involved.
2: Yeah, so basically kinesiology is comes from kinetics, and it's a muscle testing method. So a chiropractic and a psychologist, they were a couple and. They were like, okay, there must be a combination between body, mind, and soul, and so because of um, chiropractic and psychology, they found this combination called kinesiology. So basically, I mean, what you can try, uh, what our listeners could try, is um, put your finger, your ring, uh, your fingers together, which means thumb and index finger, put them together, and then you have a circle, and put your other hand in this circle, so you kind of cross your fingers together. And you have two rings in each other, and then you can try to say yes uh, for yourself, and then pull. And then most of the people they actually have a strong muscle, so it, the the rings they keep together. And mm-hmm. once you take a deep breath, you breathe in and out, and release the yes. Then you say no, and once you say no, and you try to pull again, then the fingers and the rings they release. So this is a form of muscle testing. So. This is now a self-test, but then also what I use with people is I do I use the arm to test it, and um, there there that's the body response. So once I say okay, think about something um, that makes you happy, which is like a yes, then muscle keeps up, and once you say no, then the muscle goes down. And the same thing is when I say okay, think about um, your partner. Then your muscle might is strong, but when I say okay, think about a, a negative situation um, of of uh, of school in ninth grade, and they actually know okay that was a, a bad feeling. Then the muscle test is is gonna go down, and so we we get to um, to investigate or to go deeper into where which direction the therapy needs to go by this muscle testing of. Where the weaknesses or where the triggers are.
0: So is that a way of um, finding out, sort of your subconscious giving you the way through your muscles exactly. as to where the exactly. problem lies?
2: I see. That's exactly. fascinating. Um, yeah. So with with kinesiology, it's about, and also with the journaling part in the in the therapy um, book, um, it's about finding out. Okay, what is going on there? Where do we need to go? And then with the hypnotherapy parts. Um, you actually go there, you go back there in time to see, okay, there is the trauma. What kind of feelings would this person have needed? What is now still in the conscious mind that was then created in the subconscious mind that needs to be neutralized to actually go forward and change this negative belief that was um, created in the past?
0: So with the in the book, the... Hypnotherapy section. That's an audio, is it?
2: Exactly. So I have three different audios um, in the book. One is um, to just get into hypnotherapy because a lot of people are scared or have a lot of respect um, from hypnotherapy, which I do understand. So it's just about closing your eyes and imagining something. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's quite a funny exercise. <laughs> and um, yeah, to just get people into hypno- hypnotherapy. And then the second audio, so in the book, there are QR codes to actually get to this website where the the audios are going to be linked to. And the second one is a hypnotherapy where it's actually a regression therapy of going back um, to solve your trauma or to release the tension that you're still carrying with yourself. And the third one is something that you can do on a daily basis, which, you know, goes into visualization, imagination work um for people to just use it on a, on on a, on a daily basis so i mean that was my goal to create something that people can use um, whenever they need a hands on to do self therapy on themselves
0: i'm just wondering if <laughs> if your issue in your life is your dead body in the basement um, most people have more than one issue i think you'd agree <laughs> yeah. Can we then read the book again and apply a different victim?
2: Technically, yes. Technically, oh. yes, because the questions are always about the same. And I mean, the book is created. I mean, you cannot go through the book for in, in a whole day, but sometimes the answers, they come um, not only on the same day, but maybe the day after or maybe two two weeks later. And it's always fascinating of, what people then remember once they are in, in self-process of going through the questions of what they're asked.
0: Do you find there's a common victim in people's lives that you come across more than any other?
2: Um, I mean in the end everything that we have or are, are, are the victim or let me say the, the part that is common is emotions and it always goes kind of into the same uh, sentence of not being good enough, not feeling good enough, not being wanted. So this good enough part has a has a big meaning in our life. And I think that can be overcome with, yeah, self therapy or with a therapist or um, whatever you are aware of, of giving you that self love to overcome that negative belief.
0: Wow. Do you find that yeah. in your real world work that not feeling good enough is one of the most common traits?
2: Yeah, because so that is, let me say, one of the core yeah, symptoms. I mean, it doesn't matter with what people come. It's the feeling. And I mean, these can be used. It can be doctors, it can be lawyers, it can be um, commercial workers, it can be um, people who work at these stores. and everybody has a feeling of of why am I not accepting myself? Why am I not good enough in this world? And something that applies in our daily life in different situations, and sometimes we're not aware of of these different situations of why we cannot move on or why we are the same friends or toxic relationships. Not necessarily only relationships, but let me say um, maybe situations or feelings or habits that is self-sabotage and you cannot get over it.
0: I'm fascinated that that is one of the core elements is not feeling good enough. But I suppose there are thousands of reasons why people end up feeling that way.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's in the end, I used to have this right of living, limiting beliefs, I will never be able to write a book, I'm not good enough to write a book, I am not gonna, um, I mean, numerous of, of phrases I had in my subconscious mind. And then I always thought, I always asked myself, okay, why is that? And then I Um, figured, okay, I was always super bad at writing. I think my grammar is still actually a catastrophe. And still I thought, okay, you know what? You can just start writing and then somebody can edit it for you and then problem is solved, right? But because we have these limiting beliefs, we just don't believe in it of something coming true.
0: So how did you personally get over your limiting beliefs in the first place?
2: Yeah, I mean, some that's the that's the victim kind of part right so I mean the victim once you say okay um I'm not able to do this and that and so on then you're also in your comfort zone and you don't need to go out but once you talk about it and you know you say and also in contact with others and say okay this is not true and then once you find your trigger with me it was um, a teacher in my fourth grade that um you know didn't, didn't give me space for my creativity. And it was about, you know, going back into the situation, having to face, um, the negative feeling of not being good enough to write. Um, and to actually give myself the space, okay, I would have needed a support. I would have needed some good words. I would have needed just some uplifting comments from that teacher to actually know that I'm able to do this no matter, um how how my writing is and to concentrate on my future that I don't have to do everything by myself and that they're editors and that they're friends and that they're you know people who can support you and that you're not always alone with this topic and have to do it all by yourself that's like an example of how yeah my limiting belief I had to overcome when writing a book
0: And how did you discover that? Was that through using a hypnotherapist, discovering your trigger being this fourth grade teacher?
2: Yeah, I mean, I used exactly this method that is now the book um, with a therapist, and that's why I was having the goal to actually give this to a number of people who are now able to use this on a daily basis in a a book that does not not exist in this form of um, solving your own crime scene, right? (laughs)
0: So I'm curious the last year has been pretty traumatic for everybody how have you continued with your work when your work involves muscles and and um, I presume having people lie down on the couch with hypnotherapy have you been able to continue working.
2: I have been continue working with um, with people because um, here in Switzerland everything is is open again since more than a year and I did have to close my practice but then I was working online. Um, with, you know, a lot of questions doing the self muscle testing and, and that's how I figured a method out to work. Um, and the thing is with, with now the current situation is that, you know, people, they're not that distracted anymore. So before, you know, before lockdown, our, our life was normal. And now, um, we don't have this distraction anymore of going out with friends, hanging in bars, um, doing, activities so people are more um to themselves and the fascinating part is that you know a lot of beliefs come back that they didn't um or that they ignored for a big part of their life and suddenly through that that we have more time of thinking about our problems and being all by ourselves we you know different symptoms pop up again um of actually taking a closer look of uh, at our life of what is actually uh, important to us, but maybe what could be better and where we want to go. And that's why it's, it has been tough for a lot of people um, of having to go deep into their feelings, but also a lot of potential of uh, seeing what their true self is actually um, leading towards the future.
0: Do you think this period of um, reflection, whereas in a lot of countries people haven't been able to work has made people like you busier because people are finding issues because they have the time to
2: it's like this and that i mean as a few people they loved uh home office they loved to be by themselves they loved to garden they love to be their own hairdresser (laughs) for the family and all of these stories we can hear um yeah and on the other hand um people had just had to look at their life and face the reality of what they were able to distract before and that's why, yeah, there are, I mean, a lot more um, suppressions around that now need help to actually see what they need and what they want to release and neutralize to move into a better direction than they maybe ignored or didn't see before. For sure, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they, good question.
0: Well, now I'm I'm curious because I've noticed an emotional wave that has changed from being uh everybody with very strong community spirit at the mm-hmm. beginning of sort of in March, April last year through to angry by Christmas and now yeah. very confused.
2: Yeah, exactly um, because the thing is that people want to have a solution, right? And they want yeah. to have a deadline and that's the thing we don't have a deadline and a solution and that's why people are getting frustrated because it is the unknown of sticking in the unknown of not having a vision or a future that that has a solution to it and that's why the the problem is um close to that and of course the weather i mean in summer we didn't have a problem because then the sun was shining and we were able to go out but as soon as there is christmas and and darkness around then people just get really angry and frustrated because you the only thing you can do is just sit at home. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So
0: on on a personal level, what keeps you positive? What what are your go-tos?
2: My go-tos are yeah, I mean, I have a I have a crazy mind of having different projects and I think it's just um super fulfilling to talk to people and um, appreciate my daily um, yeah, my daily life that I have, if it's my apartment, if it's a candle, if it's a good dinner, if it's a um, deep conversation or an activity that I can do, I mean it's about coming into the now and not knowing what the future is gonna hold, but actually appreciating the now that you have and yeah, doing making the most out of it, even though. Um, traveling is not possible at the moment, but for sure um, the appreciation of what life is giving you at the moment and maybe peace and and uh, and patience. That is the
0: and the do you do- thing
2: we can only appreciate for the moment, I think.
0: So gratitude is a, is a <laughs> yeah, big thing. Sure. Do, you, do you document that or is that in, just purely in your mind?
2: I mean, I do have to... Um, do some work on myself you know with meditations and awareness work but also just going out to ride a bike is something that makes me super happy once I see a nice landscape again
0: mm. and, and that should be
2: just going to the grocery store right I mean it, it's not always that <laughs> that life has to be fancy but it's about taking the moment at, as it is.
0: Oh I t- totally agree and I think that's something that <laughs> that possibly COVID has taught a lot of people that just a walk down the road can be suddenly very beneficial as opposed to just a way of getting from A to B.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, to to round that off, it's also um, people... In in our mind, we are always um, in our past kind of like, oh, I should have changed this and that and this and that what didn't go well in my life or then, oh, I'm not yet there where I should be and I want to do this and that. So actually what we try to do is escape the now and all we have is the now and when we want to have a change or need to change, then we can only do it now. So um, I always tell my clients it's maybe a little um, bad language that I'm using, but um, I'm telling people don't piss on your presence while being in the past or in the future.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's good advice. Yeah, it
2: is.
0: (laughs) So with all all of the um, sort of, I, I personally think there's a big increase in people having either mental health problems or feeling that they're suddenly aware that they need to do something about their mental health Mm -hmm. um so it's the perfect time for a fun book like this i have to say um (laughs) thank you (laughs) when when does the book come out
2: it is out now it just um came out a week ago and so now it's available on amazon barnes and noble um so yeah it's available you can buy it everywhere now go crazy
0: (laughs) Uh, okay and it's available as a download as well
2: it is available as an ebook um, perfect I recommend the hard copy because you know it's it's to fill out and everything so it might be that the the ebook is maybe not as much as fun as if you are having a hard copy in your hands and to fill out and to scribble squeeze on. Yeah. everything out of the hard copy <laughs> Ab-
0: absolutely it, yeah. it's I, I can't wait to read it because it sounds fascinating um, i one of my other careers is devising um, escape rooms
2: oh so, I love escape rooms <laughs> so this is,
0: this is like a combination of you know exactly, mental health exactly. and escape rooms it's right yeah, up I think,
2: my boat. I think I'll write in another book The Secret Escape uh, the, the, yeah The Sweet Escape or something like this I mean it's technically um, the same kind of um, it, uh, let it's me say journey. idea yeah.
0: yeah it's the same concept <laughs> yeah. uh, Um and escaping at the end. And how do we find out more about you?
2: Yeah, so my um, website is rahelpuppies.com and um, you can find me on Instagram, Rahel So it's Rahel, R-A-H-E-L uh, without the C by Rachel. And then it's P-A-P-I-S, puppies So my surname is Italian. And you can find me on Instagram on my website and contact me if you ever have any questions. I'm always happy. Um, yeah to reach out or to help or to clarify if there are any questions
0: thank you again rahel so two very different guests today i think you'll agree don't forget you can catch up on all of our previous episodes as podcasts on the men's and women's radio station websites we will be back soon with more fascinating guests till next time be positive